Picture this. The journey ahead starts here together, and together we can build a brighter future. You are listening to Illuminating Hope, a podcast of Hope House. Welcome to Illuminating Hope. I'm your host, Tina Johnson, Community Partnership Manager. I am with my co-host, Marianne Matheny, CEO of Hope House. And today we want to welcome founder and president of Giving Hope and Help, Jessica McClellan. Jessica loves giving hope and help to others. She founded Giving Hope and Help, Inc. in 2013, which has three arms of outreach. They support domestic violence survivors and shelters in which they live with annual and year-round feminine hygiene products. Products also benefit natural disaster survivors and are shipped globally to countries in need of feminine care. The Education is Your Passport program supports pre-K through adult college students, which hosted an annual scholarships award banquet and awards scholarships to low-income college-bound high school seniors. The Love Bag for Cancer Donation and Delivery event benefits male and females hospitalized cancer patients and those battling any type of cancer. The bags are hand-delivered to the patient's bedside. A portion of the proceeds benefit the American Cancer Society. Please join me in welcoming the inspiring Jessica McClellan. Jessica, welcome to Illuminating Hope Podcast. We're so glad you're here. I am happy to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation. Absolutely. Okay, so you are the founder of Giving Hope and Help. Let's talk about that. Tell me about your organization. Well, I'm glad you asked. (laughs) It is a mouthful. So we have several different arms of outreach. We launched November 2013 for my Thanksgiving birthday, and I called it the Thanksgiving Birthday Give and Launch of giving hope and help. And we launched specifically to support domestic violence survivors and the shelters in which they live with ending period poverty by way of providing tampons and pads and all things period. And so I I had a heavy cycle myself as a teen and as an adult and coupon for specifically just sanitary napkins and sanitary products. And I had a wealth of them. And I had so many in my possession. I thought, what can I do with all of these products? Having been a survivor of sexual assault as a teen that I hid for 20 years and as a survivor of domestic violence as a young adult, I thought about, what about the women in shelter? Do they need these products? Now, this was like August 2013. I began to give them away to friends and family 2013, September and October. And I called it Christmas in September and Christmas in October to friends and cousins and was giving them jumbo packages of these things, right, in a Christmas bag. And they just appreciated it so much. And again, I thought, what about the women in shelter? But I really didn't do anything about it at that moment. So one day I was driving and it just hit me so hard. You know, you got to do something with all these products and maybe you can create something. I had already had it in my mind and heart that I was going to create a nonprofit. I knew it was giving hope and help. I had the name. Didn't know exactly what it was going to be or do. And so as I was driving, I'm a woman of faith, and the Holy Spirit said, pull up and look up on your phone and call the domestic violence shelter. The first one I called, I got a voicemail. The second one I called, I got, I call her the voice to this day. She actually answered here at Hope House. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. 
And I oh, told it gets better. Her, <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Come on. And I told her, I said, I have a birthday coming up. This was mid-October 2013. And I said, I have a birthday coming up, and I would like to collect period products for uh, your shelter. I said, is this something that you need? And she says, oh, my gosh, yes. And she says, we get lots of toiletries and things like that, but we don't get a lot of period products. And it just blurted out of my mouth that I'm going to solve that problem. I said, I'm going to solve that problem. I said it out loud to her. And then I thought, oh, shoot, what did I just say? I don't have I don't have anything, just the name, right? And uh, she says, I tell you what, would you like to come and take a tour? And I said, well, I'm on the side of the road <laughs> in Lee Summit. She says, where are you in Lee Summit? And I told her where I was, and lo and behold, I was directly across the street from Hope House and Lisa. Okay, so <laughs> that's a God incident. <laughs> so I knew at that moment that this was a bigger than me. I knew this was oh, a I God thing. This. I knew that he had led me straight here. And so I said, well, this lady doesn't even know me from Adam. And she's inviting me into a domestic violence shelter. And so I went in and she shared with me that at the time that Hope House was using up to 52 rolls of toilet paper a day because women were makeshifting uh, pads. And I thought, this is just inhumane. I can fix this. Again, I told her, I'm going to solve that problem. I'm thinking, what are you saying? You don't have anything. I didn't have anything but an idea and a vision. And really what I had was overcoming my own problems and my own tragic situations and my own traumas. And I do believe that for everything that you have survived, for everything that you've suffered, for everything that you've come through, there's purpose. And I knew at that moment that was my purpose. That was because what I went through was specifically to help someone else. And I knew it at that moment when she said, we're using up to 52 rolls of toilet paper a day. I said, you'll never have to do that again. And she just looked at me like, who is this lady, right? And I just said, we're going to fix that. And so from that moment on, I began to share on social media and with my friends and family that I was having the first Thanksgiving birthday give. All I wanted you to do for my birthday was bring pads, tampons, period products so that I could donate them to Hope House in Jackson County, both locations. And we ended up collecting over 5,000 products. That was November 30th, 2013, 10 years ago next month. And fast forward we have shipped products all over the country. We've launched in Texas, and we have hit, I think, 13 countries. And we've been supporting Girls in Africa for the last six consecutive years. And hopefully, if God says the same, in March of 2024, my husband and I will be going to Africa to hand-deliver awesome. reusable oh. pads. Wow. To, I was going to say, what you do in Africa is different than what you do here. Right. Correct? So in Africa, what we do is we provide the funding for them to make their own reusable pads. They don't have the sanitation and things right. that we have. Right. Right. So they make their own. So we provide the funding. Now, we have sent disposable pads over there with people that are going. So if you are listening and you're going to Africa, please reach out to Giving Hope and Help. If you're going to any country, because a lot of the countries need these items of dignity. And so we want to send them with you. That way we cut out our shipping costs. You fill up a suitcase. We have shipped them with women's organizations to Africa and we've also provided funding. This November, we will be shipping reusable pads specifically to Uganda with another nonprofit. And we're, our goal is to ship over 100 reusable pads that have been handmade by people here in the city. And so we're so excited about that. If you are a sewist, we have a pattern if you would like to be a part of making reusable pads for women and girls across the globe. Even in America, women right. are, are using them more even in the city because right. of allergies and pesticides and things like that. So we are excited about new partnerships with organizations like Days for Girls. We're gonna, they're going to be donating some to us so that we can give them to girls right here in the city. There's so many ways that we can end period poverty and combine it with talking about domestic violence and bring awareness to domestic violence. When women leave their abuser, they often leave, as you know, 
with nothing. nothing. With nothing. And I have a phenomenal story that I'd like to share about a woman leaving with nothing. Ran into her in the community, and she grabbed me and said, thank you for what you do. And I said, sure. She says, no, you don't understand. And I said, what is it? And she says, well, my daughter and I had to leave my abuser in the middle of the night. And she said, we went to Hope House. And she said, we were both on our period. And she said, the products they gave us came from giving hope and help. Goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> More than goosebumps. Yeah. So again... And that was like two years after the launch. So what I'm saying is, again, for everything you have survived, there is a purpose. And your purpose has a direct connection to someone else's destiny, to someone else's purpose, to someone else being lifted, to someone else being inspired. So when you have something that God has called you to do, you have to do it. You just have to because other people are depending on you. We talk about mental illness. We talk about depression and all of those things go along with a woman who is being abused. A man as well, because I know that not only women are being abused, but typically universally it's more women that are being abused that may leave in the middle of the night or leave and have nothing. And so she's like, I have nothing. I have not even a pad for my cycle. Giving Hope and Help wants to solve that problem. You all do an amazing job at what you do and making sure that the women are safe and they get in the counseling and the play therapy for the children and all of those things. But we want to make certain that they just have a simple item of dignity. We're giving them one more reason not to leave your facility, that they have everything they need, even down to a pad or a tampon or a feminine wipe or deodorant. They have these items of dignity. Now, I'm getting goosebumps because you have no reason to leave a place like Hope House that is providing safety and giving all of the things that you give to help them get on their feet. I really think from the perspective of the agency receiving those gifts, I think it's really important to talk about how that frees us up to be able to offer programming to the people that come through our doors, whether they're actually living in our facility or we're doing something with them through our outreach services. Our ability to be able to do that is enhanced because of organizations like you and what what your organization has done. So I don't have to worry about putting that in the budget. I don't have to figure out how I'm going to pay for period products for not only our our shelter residents, but our outreach clients as well. And so when you say people won't have to leave, they will be able to concentrate Mm -hmm. on the things that are keeping them from being on their own, independent, and free of abuse. And being able to have those things means that they don't have to worry then. They can focus on their goals. They can focus on what it is that they need to do in order to accomplish what they want to. And then ultimately they get to go to wherever it is that they are being led to go Mm -hmm. after they leave here. It is amazing, and I know we've talked about the impact that Mm -hmm. it's had on Hope House over 10 years. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's thousands and thousands of products that you've given us and thousands and thousands of dollars that you've saved us. We don't have to worry. I don't have to worry because I know that your organization is taking care of that for us. And that's just amazing. And in terms of a woman not having to worry about her cycle, she has the items that she needs, these items of dignity that create seed, confidence, education, empowerment, and dignity. And I say education because how can a young girl take a math test if she's worried about soiling her pants and crest. And that is such a prevalent problem in America. That's a prevalent problem that girls right here in Leeson, girls right here in, in the suburbs are having to decide. I'm making a makeshifting my path. And that toilet right. paper doesn't hold. No, 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 <laughs> no it does it not. <laughs> and it's you know. whether somebody comes to us with no job, no money, or somebody comes to us and they have a job and they have dollars coming in, period products are not cheap. Not cheap. They are not cheap at all. And so to have to budget for those, you mm-hmm. know, especially those people living in our facility, we say to them, you don't have to pay 
pay mm -hmm. for any of the services that we provide. And we will provide you with your daily living needs because we want you to be able to save your money and, and get yourself in a place where then you're going to be successful when you leave and you can pay your rent and you can do your car payments and all of those things. Having to budget for those mm -hmm. things, whether it be Hope House having to budget or an individual, it's, it's a expensive. Lot of money. And especially if you have, you know, you have daughters and you have more more than one person in your family having a cycle. And it, everybody's it on up. their cycle and at the same, at the same time. time. <laughs> it really happens oh, that way. Absolutely it does. happens yeah. that way. So yeah. it's, it's not like, oh, I'll, I'll get some after I'm done and you'll be ready. No, everybody's we're, doing we're it all, at all once. together. I was, I was the third of three girls in the house, so it was all mm -hmm. we were all together. And, and imagine a young lady, uh, a parent that has six. I, I was doing a drive through a couple years back, and a dad came through the drive through to get period products, and I was just really shocked, and he was the only one in the car. <laughs> and I was like, you want to get period products? He was like, I am raising six teenage girls by myself. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. wow. I gave him the whole case. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I was like, that man is deserving. You, you just take the office. First of all, your dad raising them by yourself. Second of all, your six girls, yeah, hats off to you. But yeah, I mean, it's it's very expensive. And don't think about a person that has allergies and they have to use organic. It's just, it gets, it can get very, very, very expensive. Sometimes I go into the store and take pictures of them and just post the pricing. Like $15 for 30 pads at CVS or Walgreens. And if you're living in an area where there is a CVS and Walgreens and no big general store like a Walmart, Walmart or something like that, you're going to have to pay a lot of money for these. So we just want to continue to ensure that no menstruator without peer products must become a reality, period. And that no more abuse um, is something that we're pushing for. Speaking of no more abuse. Yes. We have a new initiative that we've launched, and it's called A Way of Escape from Domestic Violence. We are so excited about this new initiative. You want to hear about it? I want to hear about it. I am 100% all in. Yeah, this has yes. been a, a long so, time coming. It's been a long time coming. And mm -hmm. so we want to do more than give tangible products. We want to give the gift of escape. And so there's three key words about this program and what this program does. It simply supports the domestic violence shelters and supports women in the community, women specifically in the community that want to escape and need additional resources. We want to equip them, empower them, and provide a way of escape. Empower, equip, and escape. Empower, equip, and escape. And so we're just going to jump on the bandwagon of what Hope House is doing and say, hey, Shirley needs a, she needs a deposit for her apartment. The resources will support the woman to escape. Maybe she needs a deposit. Maybe she needs an all change. Maybe she needs a work uniform. A work yeah. uniform. Mm -hmm. These are ways that is going to support the, the woman, give her encouragement, give her inspiration to keep going, just kind of piggybacking off of what you're already doing and supporting that and equipping them and providing resources. And so that's what we're doing. We're, we're, we're looking forward to supporting the five in Missouri. There's four in Missouri, four two Missouri, in Kansas. Two in Kansas. Mm -hmm. We're just excited. We're excited. And I'm excited to share that we've already helped our first single mom two weeks ago with providing a hotel stay for five days. Great. And she got her a Section 8 voucher. And so we were able to pay her renter's insurance mm -hmm. uh, as well. So she is set. Text me to day, text me a picture of the boy's room. She's set and she's ready to be uh, in a position to, to help raise her children. This is what this is about. 
And so we're asking the community to help organizations like Giving Hope and Help and Hope House to continue this great work. I must say this, $5 makes a difference. It really does. It really it does. It adds up. It, it, it adds up. If, if I had, if I could just get 1,000 people doing $5 a month, <laughs> you know, do the math. It's going to make a huge impact. And so, yes, I'll put a plug in there for Hope House and for Giving Hope and Help. Of course. Absolutely. Or your local domestic violence shelter or your local favorite nonprofit because all of us together we're better together absolutely collaboration is key and that's what I love about your program is you never approach anything as I know the right way to do this and this is what we're going to do you always talk about what are we doing how can you support it how can you enhance it Mm -hmm. but never come in wanting to just take over and do it a particular way and I really appreciate that also what I also appreciate is that through our brainstorming we come up with new ideas as well because when you first approached about this it was I was kind of stuck and yeah I really was I was like I don't know how to make this work and but through brainstorming and we got others involved it really took shape Mm -hmm. and it turned out to be so much better than it could have been had I just been the only one that you had talked to about it so that's what I appreciate and I know that it's starting out small and Mm -hmm. we do want to say this isn't going to solve the world's Mm -hmm. problem around everybody that needs housing or everybody that needs that help but it certainly is making a difference Mm -hmm. with the people that we're working with it gives us the opportunity to help them in a different way that can really help them go a very long way absolutely and what I love about the program and collaborating with organizations like Hope House is that we're doing life-saving real work here this is life-saving real work and when I talked a little bit earlier about the depression and things like that I don't have a statistic in front of me but I'm sure there is one with a correlation between depression and domestic abuse as far as suicide is concerned there are statistics I don't know them but we're trying to together make a difference and when I launched Giving Hope and Help our first mission was to partner with humanitarian organizations to make a difference they really didn't say exactly what we do. So we've changed the mission, but we still hold that foundation to partner with other organizations. Our 11th annual Feminine Hygiene Period Products Drive is December the 9th. It is the only organization in Kansas City, an event in Kansas City, that brings all of the domestic violence shelters under one roof in the month of December to collaborate, to say, hey, we're here, we're supporting survivors, and we're sharing our our information with the community. One thing that I always like to share is you don't have to live at a domestic domestic violence shelter to take advantage of the resources. Correct. And that is what we're sharing at this event on December 9th. We're asking the community to come and bring period products to support domestic violence shelters, to support the houseless, to support correction facilities, women, girls, menstruators locally and across the globe. I know some people want to do only local things, but when you've been assigned an assignment like this, this is not just a local problem. This is not a woman problem. This is a world health problem. Domestic violence is a world health problem, and period poverty is a world health problem. And we can fix it together. So if you're listening to my voice, I am asking you to go to givinghopeandhelp.org to check out what we do. We do lots of other things, and, and we'll talk about that. Check us out and see what it is that you like that we do, and make a donation. Volunteer. Send us where we can connect with someone else. It's not always about a financial donation. Yeah. 
there's resources that you may have that you may need to connect us to. So there's all kinds of ways to support and make a difference. And whatever it is that you are pecked on your shoulder to do, just do it. Just do it. I love that you're helping women to make that first initial strategic escape because that can be the most dangerous time Mm -hmm. for domestic violence survivor to leave the relationship. And so really they do need somebody to collaborate with. Mm -hmm. I, I like that. And the barriers that you're knocking down so far, you've got two very very, very large ones that you're knocking down, which I so appreciate. And I love that you say Casey's largest period packing party. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So we're going to add that this year to the drive. So we're going to have the community bringing in period products and we'll have um, Kansas City people in the community. And, and to my understanding, all of the volunteer slots for the period packing party are taken. Awesome. So we may Who wouldn't want to go? <laughs> right. We may have to add um, some more space and more tables for separate period packing parties all over the place. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but we pack these period bags, and we call them love bags for her. And in the love bag is 10 period products, just a starter kit to get them going. Pads, tampons, wipes, liners, so that they can have something on hand. We also give our love bags for her, which are purses, gently used purses and new purses, designer, nice, cute, to the houseless community. And we fill those with 20 or more items, everything they need they get in this bag. And it's a cute bag. I mean, it's really inspiring and amazing and to give a woman this bag who is on the street. So I try to keep one in my car when I see one a woman on the street. I give her the whole purse. I say, I don't have any money, but I got some great goodies. And just to see them light up. Oh my God. I, my very first bag I gave to a woman, I literally wept all the way home because I, I made a judgment. And I said, she probably won't be able to use the pads because I thought she was too, too old. I said, she's way older. She probably won't be able to use these pads. And I pulled over and I gave her the purse. It was a beautiful purse. It was actually one that I donated because I don't give anything away that I don't want. <laughs> That's right. And uh, it was filled with things and it had a whole package of pads in it. And she looked in there and she saw the pads and she said, oh my God, I need these right now. I'm on my period. Wow. And she said, thank you. And she ran into this building and she says, I gotta go. And I literally wept because I thought that she could not use those pads. And that was the thing that lit her fire. That was the thing she needed at that moment. Never judge a book by its cover. She was like, I'm 46 years old and I still these. I was like, I'm older than you and I still need them. <laughs> Do you see how God pursued one oh woman through God. you? Oh my God. That was my very first bag I gave away. And so that is our love bags for her. And then we have our love bags for him, which is things for men in the houseless community. And then we have now our Love Bags Cancer, which we launched in 2015. I saw that. Well, let's talk about that because yes. you've got two other arms of your program yeah. that we haven't really touched there on. There we go. Absolutely. Go. So we launched in 2015, we launched two more programs, our Love Bags for Cancer and our um, Education Issue Passport and Scholarship Program. But with our Love Bags for Cancer, we launched that in honor of my late niece, Tiara, who battled cancer and she fought, I always tell, she, say she fought like a girl, she fought like a woman, she mm-hmm. fought like a man and a boy. <laughs> she really did fight, and she was always in the hospital on holidays, and I wanted to do something for her and patients that were battling cancer. And so February of 2015, I launched the Love Bags for Cancer in her arm, and she was actually in the hospital when I launched it and got released the day before, and she was able to walk around that very unit oh, wow. that she was in and help give out the love bags to cancer patients. And it's any kind of cancer. So we support breast cancer. My niece had Hodgkin's lymphoma. And so we support those uh, that have cancer in her honor. And in the bag, is filled with all types of things 
uh, that cancer patients can use, uplifting, inspiring, fun stuff, novelties for Valentine's Day and for Mother's Day. And so we've partnered with several hospitals and we go directly to the cancer unit and give these out. And COVID didn't stop us. When COVID hit, we mailed them to nominated cancer patients. And so now we're back into the hospital and we're so excited about this initiative. A portion of the proceeds goes to the American Cancer Society in Kansas City. And we have reached over 600 cancer patients with these bags uh, from 2015 to 2023. And we're just really excited about it. We added another arm of our cancer support to do a breast cancer warriors luncheon. And we partner with uh, Senator Barbara in Washington with that. We will have a Breast Cancer Warriors Luncheon, and we choose about, select about 20 women that are currently battling or have battled in honor of breast cancer. And so we just want to support women. We want to lift them up. And not only women get breast cancer, but men get breast cancer too. And so we're asking you, if you have not had your mammogram, to get one. Get your mammogram, and if you have a history of breast cancer, please do that because early detection is the best detection. Early detection is the best detection, and and men get your prostate checked and all of those things. And so, yes, that's our Love Bags for Cancer. And then we have our Education is Your Passport program, which includes a scholarship program called Education is Your Your Passport Scholarship Program. This is actually a huge conviction of mine because I am a non-traditional student at Mizzou right now. Oh, wow. Yes. Congratulations. Yes. And if I'm going to talk about domestic violence. I want to do it correct mm-hmm. out in the public eye. So I went back to college and here I am. Bucket well, you list. You know what? You have to. You have to. Because that's the tap on your shoulder. Yeah. I had no choice. So no, no sense of dying with your gift in your pocket. That's you right. might as well just go ahead. And Thank do you it. for that. Yeah. I'm going to use that. Yeah. No <laughs> sense of dying with your gift in your pocket. And so with the Education is Your Passport program, that's a long story. I don't know how much time we have. We have plenty of time. You just talk. Uh, (laughs) It's really a continuation of a legacy that is just kind of in my DNA. The McCallop family has a long history of fighting for education and equality uh, for black children in the community. Uh, We are recognized in the state of Kansas for my great-grandfather's founding of the McCallop Bus Company. So his father was a slave and fought in the Civil War and came to Kansas from Tennessee. And they had 14 children. 14 children. 14 children. And my great-grandfather, Robert L. McCallop, was the 14th child. They wanted their children to be educated, but they lived in Johnson County, Kansas, where blacks were not allowed to go to school. And so they were agricultural farmers and, and provided produce to the community, and their own kids couldn't go to school in their community. So my great-grandfather knew there was a problem and had to solve it, and so he made his agricultural truck into a bus, the kids on there, and drove them from Johnson County, Kansas to Wyandotte County, Kansas, where they would be accepted. Particularly my grandfather, he graduated from Sumner High School, which is now Sumner Academy. But on the way to Sumner High School from Johnson County, they would pass five white high schools that they would not be accepted at. And so my great-grandfather's grit and grind ensuring that his children had an education, I believe that's in me. And so we have a scholarship in my grandfather's honor and in my grandmother's honor uh, on my my maternal grandmother had 14 children. So 14 is some kind of number. I don't know. Um, And my 
my mother is one of those 14 children and we have a scholarship in my grandmother's honor and then we have it in the McCallop grandparents honor and I myself was a scholar so I went off to college on a full ride scholarship and I loved the college experience but I wanted a larger college experience I was actually headed to MU had my dorm and I had my roommate and I got a letter from Texas College in Tyler, Texas that I would receive the presidential scholarship. And at the time, my dad, he uh, literally, he would take me as a senior in high school to all of these colleges to tour. And I asked him, are we going to tour Texas College? He says, no, we're not going to tour Texas College. I said, why not? And he says, you're going <laughs> because that's where you got a full ride. And uh, that's one thing that I always remember uh, about my daddy. He actually just passed the legacy that he left and carried on. He actually started driving the bus at 16 years old, the McCallop Bus Company to transport black kids. Um, I went off to college uh, for a year in Texas and, and loved the college experience, did very well. But I did not like the size. I wanted a larger HBCU. This is a historical black college. I wanted a larger experience. And so I got the big book that we had back then. No internet, of course. And the book was the Book of American Colleges and Universities. And I looked up the school that had the, the largest enrollment that was a HBCU. And that happened to be Southern University in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. <laughs> Never been to Louisiana before. And uh, it was a push for me because my high school counselor, who I had a very good relationship with, who coached me through scholarships. She even helped me get the scholarship in Texas. She was a graduate of Southern University in Baton Rouge, Baton Rouge Louisiana. So this was like even a bigger pull because I admired her and, and things like that. So I told my parents out of the blue, I'm not going back to Texas once I finished my first year. And my dad said, uh, if you go somewhere else, you're on your own. Well, I was I was fine being on my own because I, I was raised to work. So I had an internship uh, with in corporate America through the organization En-ROADS, another uh, nonprofit, and I would work in the summer and save my money to go off to college. Left Texas College, went to Louisiana, to Southern University, with $125 and three trunks, got me a one-way airplane ticket, and had a friend of a friend pick me up from the airport, whom I had never met him, but I knew he was okay because he was her friend. And he took me to her dorm because I didn't even have a place to stay. I knocked on the dean door when I was there, the dean of housing, for 10 work days straight uh, because I needed a place to stay. It was like something on TV. I was out there at 7.30 in the morning before they even opened. And they kept telling me, well, he's busy, blah, 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 blah. I finally got in and I walked in and I said, my name is Jessica McCallop and I'm here 1,000 miles away from home. I have no place to stay and I have not called my parents. I need a dog. And he reared back and he said, what is your name? And I told him my name again. And I said, I have a 3.8 GPA and I have 33 credit hours from another school, another HBCU. And I came here. I need a place to stay. And That's uh, how you get things done right there. <laughs> and he said, go here. And I got West Hall, which was right in the front of the campus and next to the, the, the cage of the the live Jaguar that they have on campus. <laughs> and so I could see him from my dorm room. And I stayed there for four years. But that was one hurdle. The big hurdle was I didn't have the funding that I needed. So that's how the Education is Your Passport scholarship program was born. As I was in the mini dome, which is a replica of the Superdome, New Orleans Superdome. Uh, we have a replica of that on our campus at Southern. And that is where financial aid was held. And I was in the mini dome in line for six hours. And in that six hour line, this, this scholarship program was born. Um, I was so angry that I, that I had left 
a full ride to be in a line for financial aid because I did not have the funding. In that line, I thought in my mind, I wish I had enough money to pay for me and everybody in this. And I was like, I don't know how, but I'm going to do something one day. And when I got up to my turn to the window, I was in the wrong line. Six hours. Six hours. I had to come back the next day for another two or three and get everything done. But I got it done. I got my financial aid. And four years later, I graduated with honors. And my parents were there to see that. And um, it was hard financially. I remember one time uh, my grandparents, you know, they sent me $400 because I needed $400 to, to pay for that semester to complete all of the financial charges that I had. And so I can I can honestly say if there is a will, there is a way. But it takes perseverance. It takes grit. It takes you blocking out what the world says. It takes you blocking out what the devil is trying to tell you, that you're dumb, you're stupid. I mean, everything the devil was telling me in that line, like, you're stupid. Why would you leave a full ride to come stand in line? And I just said, I don't know why, but this is where I'm, this is where I'm supposed to be. And the school recently completed a compilation of alumni stories. And it was just sent to me a week and a half ago. And so I'm in the book. Oh, yeah, that's nice. So that's neat. it's just amazing what you can do with, with grit and perseverance. And so the Education is Your Passport Scholarship Program was born. So we support um, high school seniors that are college-bound with cash scholarships, and we provide them with laptops and computers, backpacks filled with school supplies, and all the things, and internship opportunities now with corporate America. So we are trying to change the narrative for students like myself and for students like the, the students that my family drove to school, passing five white high schools before they could get into a school. There are resources that will help you. Uh, we're supporting these kids with just simple things. Underwear, bedding, linens. When you go off to college, you, I had absolutely nothing if it had not been for my parents being able to provide me with the bedding and, the, and all of those things. I went off with all of that. If I did not have parents that were able to do that, I wouldn't have had that. Now, when I, when I went off to Louisiana, when my dad said, you're on your own, I was on my own. There was no money coming with me. And I was fine with that because I had the grit, I had the upbringing, and it was just in my DNA. Your story is just, it's fascinating, but it's also so inspiring. To And I've heard, I've heard you talk multiple times, and each time I get a new little snippet of, of mm -hmm. something that's happened. And I think your message is what I really hope people can take away, that you heard, however that comes to you, mm -hmm. you paid attention, and you, you've created wonderful, wonderful things in our community, and your reach is so far. I mean, your reach is across the world, so. Well, you know, I, I, I told God I don't need any more stories. <laughs> because all Let's of just these, focus on what we got here. <laughs> right, right. All of these forms of outreach, I have a personal story, too. I mean, I, I don't need any more stories. That's right, we're done. <laughs> we're good, we're good. Let me just focus on these That's and right. help people with these areas, but I'm, I'm willing and able and ready to, to, to do whatever. Whatever my assignment is, I'm just, I'm just excited to help somebody else. Well, we are blessed that you have connected with us and that you have chosen to work with us over the last 10 years. It's been an honor and a blessing, and I thank you. Well, you are very welcome, and I thank you for what you do. You are not a pushover. <laughs> I mean, 30 years. Yeah. 31 years 31 now. Years. 31 years. 31 years of service in this in this area. So thank you, and thank you for, for just being my friend and helping me do what I do. Because it takes all of us. Thank you for this opportunity to share. Jessica, you're an inspiration. Thank you. It's been thank great you. to get to know you better. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to Illuminating Hope, a podcast of Hope House. We would like to thank those who support Hope House every month. A special thank you to our newest recurring donor, Art. Learn how you can support Hope House and domestic violence survivors by visiting hopehouse.net.